afternoon with Dennis Fithian on Detroit Sports, ready to get things underway. Podcast number 37. Well, we are into July, Independence Day on Saturday. Let's talk some some baseball. Bring in the head coach at Wayne State University, Ryan Kelly, is on the other end of the line. Thanks for coming on, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing well, Dennis. It's great to hear from you, and I'm excited to join you today. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you. You've been downtown for a while. I mean, you know, at uh, at Wayne State, I, I was looking, you know, 18 years, uh, 13 now as a head coach. You've been downtown for a while. I have, and uh, it's been a great ride. Uh, it's probably a lot longer than the 18 years. Uh, I've always had a strong affinity for Wayne State. My dad went to Wayne State. He used to take me down there when I was just a little kid to go to the library and work on science projects and stuff like that. So he introduced me to the university a long time ago. And it's just uh, it's an a unbelievable university. And uh, obviously being in the heart of Detroit, uh, being a, a major piece of the city, it's been an exciting time. And I look forward to many more future opportunities to come. Yeah, I currently have a niece and a nephew that attend Wayne State. So a few times we've been down there and just uh, driven around where campus and just right off of campus there and hit a few uh, restaurant bars and, and restaurants. And I was like, uh, wow, man, this is kind of a, a hidden gem. But it, it kind of coincides with the, um, I don't know if you call it a renaissance of of downtown Detroit, but certainly, you know, getting uh, improving over uh, over the years. You've probably even seen that uh, in almost two decades now. Well, I have, and uh, I share I shared often uh, about our region of the city. We're, you know, we're in Midtown Detroit, and I've always felt Midtown is one of the jewels of Detroit. Just the the cultural environment uh, with the museums. You mentioned the kind of the entertainment with the restaurants, retail, and so forth. But just a uh, a, a, an awesome collection of so many things from the people, the the things to visit and see, the academic environment, huge medical industry. It's just a thriving part of the city. And it's been a big part of the city um, through the test of time. And I know it's a, a big part moving forward. Well, just look at it. The Pistons built that practice facility right there, right in your neck of the woods. And then, um, you know, the, the I guess what's it the district Detroit there as it it expands so we're you know we're we're hoping I was hoping for a little bit more I'm sure uh, the Tigers and Wings were hoping for a little bit more there but uh, you can see the potential I mean they've they've got uh, shovels in the ground and constructions over there and you can see whether it's going to be uh, one year five years ten years man the potential of it around there yeah it's it, it's amazing and uh, you know I the, speaking of the district Detroit part of that is when you go right next to the LCA on Woodward, there's the new Mike Gillis School of Business for Wayne State. And uh, it's an amazing business facility. I usually joke, we have a lot of our baseball team athletes in the business school there. And I joke with them because you could, some of the pitchers could literally long toss from the business school to the Little Caesars Arena. And, uh, but it's just, uh, it's been a good piece, a great piece for the students of Wayne State to be able to go to that, uh, you know, part of the, the district that are, in the business curriculum. And, uh, yeah. And uh, you mentioned the Pistons training facility. We're also building a new basketball arena at Wayne State right now. It's the corner of Trumbull and Warren Avenue. And, uh, that's a little bit in collaboration with the Pistons. Uh, and it's an exciting time. It's scheduled to be done in 2021. And so there's, there's more to come. Yeah. Well, I'm sure your players would rather, you know, fire one over 75, like, uh, you know, Al Kaline and, and uh, and hit Comerica Park, which is uh, you know just a you know uh, I don't know three iron 
over 75 there. I, I was looking at your guys' roster. Almost every kid is uh, from Michigan, and it seems like what, what's the requirement? You got to have a you know three five four point grade point average, man. You guys, <laughs> you seem like they're doing pretty good. They are, and uh, you know most of the roster is made up of Michigan student athletes uh, on our team, and I think that's part of our recruiting philosophy a little bit. Uh, being a state school, a major state school in in our in Michigan, uh, you know we want to be able to recruit good Michigan students, and uh, that's been a part of it. Now we do have students from Ohio and Ontario and Illinois and Indiana as well, but uh, that's been a big staple of what we're trying to do. And I believe in the you know the students of Michigan, and if we can give them an opportunity to come to Wayne State and be a part of the team, that's great. And uh, yeah, the GPA is nice if they can they if they can create a a good platform academically and put it together with baseball. That's, that's awesome. That's right. Low ERA, high GPA. I know that's <laughs> uh, that's a good way to go into it. No, as we head into the 4th of July weekend, I was, you know, I was looking there, you guys played 15 games last year until March 11th where everything shut down. And, you know, as uh, you prepare with caution here for the 2021 season, you, you would start in winter and, you know, you have to be able to travel to the warmer locales uh, i would imagine you know you and you know the administration over there like just like a lot of other universities you guys have a, a lot of different uh, plans contingency plans a lot of different uh ideas and, and ways this thing can go yeah it's, it's definitely a unique time as we all know um beyond the spring sports we were hit this past spring and uh but now the administration the universities you know the the specialists, uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do for the fall still and how fall sports and academic life on campus is going to look like. Uh, I know our university and our our administration are, are working hard and putting things in place to make sure first we're safe and, and we're going to continue to move forward and make sure our students, student athletes, continue to get a quality education and we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a unique thing uh, with us in the spring sports uh, seasons had started for you know softball and baseball teams and and tennis teams uh, and then it just kind of hit hit us right uh, in the gut a little bit and we had to change our course of action. Yeah, you guys were down in Florida, right, for uh, on March 11th, just played a game. We were, uh, so we made a couple trips. Uh, we got the 15 games in before we canceled. We had gone to West Virginia, South Carolina, and then we were on our spring break trip in Florida, which is usually about a 10-day trip when school's out in session. And uh, we were in the Orlando region, and uh, we were at a team dinner right when the news started breaking about the NBA uh, players that were tested positive. And, and, uh, you know, speculation started to develop. And uh, next thing you know, uh, we canceled and had to make our way back home to Detroit as safe as possible. And it was a tough time individually for some, like seniors and so forth. But then, obviously, you know, with everyone involved, we, you know, we became part of uh, the entire community across the world and had a bigger game to play than just baseball. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Each and every story, each and every sport, university, everybody's dealing with it. It's one of these things like, you know, you, you mentioned fall sports. And a month ago, I was uh, – was, the ads uh, across the country, you know, mostly uh, fo- uh, a lot of football 
uh, talk, mm-hmm. you know, coming up in the fall, whether they were going to play or delay it and everything else. And, and the word was right around July, right around July 1st is when they were going to make the call early. You know, they, I think they were able to leave it a little bit open-ended saying right around, you know, July 1st. They didn't say that was a, like a drop dead date, you know, but here we are heading into the, the 4th of July weekend. And, you know, if anything, it looks worse than it did a couple, you know, like a month ago of talking about, I think there was real optimism. Hey, they're, going to have kids back working out and, and you know strict guidelines and everything else but you know right now it, it would be too tough to make a call right, right now saying yeah we're going we're going to play I, I think they could say they're going to try but you know right now it's, it's it's as dicey as it's ever been you're right about that and uh you know a lot of people are infected or affected by this you know uh high school students uh, college students faculty professors fans um, hopefully we just continue to follow safe guidelines and be as safe as possible and, and get through this. Yeah, there you go. Well, let's talk some baseball. Like you're an ambassador for the game, like Wayne state, Detroit city, the tigers, U of M, you know, now the whole state, you, you've done a heck of a job, you know, with, uh, Harwell field, Harwell museum. I, I watched the, the dedication that's online. I, I saw you standing up there with, with Trammell and Gibby and, you know, you said a few words that, you know, that, that thinks, and then, you know, there was a, a virtual tour of the museum there. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome, man. Really the, the, the inside of that, that museum, man, uh, that's well done. Nice job. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, it's, uh, it's a true joy and honor that when we are permitted to be on campus to see that facility every day and, uh, reflect on you talk about the word ambassador but maybe one of the most uh, positive uh, individuals uh, that has come through Detroit sports in Ernie Harwell uh, and it's just a great opportunity to be a part of that at Wayne State uh, but it's, it's awesome when you know we have youth camps and little kids can come and learn about who Ernie Harwell was and their grandparents and parents can educate them on Ernie Harwell and what the facility is all about. And, you know, when you walk up to it, you probably saw it's got a facade look of Ebbets Field in Brooklyn and the story of Ernie Harwell and Branch Rickey traded a, a Brooklyn Dodgers player for a broadcaster and brought on Ernie to help uh, broadcast those games in the days of Jackie Robinson and uh, be a part of all that. Uh, and that's all in the history of it. And then obviously Ernie came to Detroit for 42 years in the booth. And uh, it's an awesome experience. Uh, that you learn a lot more than just baseball, but life and and things that are important. That obviously, that's going on today, and so it's a, it's a great environment. And uh, complement that with the Green Monster Wall out in left field. It, it's a unique uh, baseball uh, little corner. Yeah, it looks like the, it was a, the part of the overhanging right, one of the the like the a facade or something, or inside. Uh, you know, it looked like a, a picture of that. That's what it looked like to me. I don't know. I've I haven't seen it in person. Yeah, so there beyond Ernie Harwell, there's there's uh, some detail of the old Tiger Stadium. So if you want to kind of reminisce and take a look back at Tiger Stadium, you can come in and, and you'll have a feel of that. The old right field overhang nice. there at Michigan and Trumbull, K-line corner right there. Uh, it's it's pretty neat. So you got some Tiger Stadium pieces. You got Major League Baseball history. Uh, you've got uh, some scenarios on like when Gibby hit the home run off of Goose. In '84, you can click on that and hear Ernie's voice on the call. Mm. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there about it, and uh, you know, if 
whenever we're permitted to kind of get back out and, and maybe go to a future Tigers game, you know, people can stop by and, and check it out on their way down to a, a big league game or just come down and watch the Warriors play at Wayne State and, and reminisce on all that. So it's, it's, a, it's a good piece of, of baseball history. Yeah, I kept evoking uh, Harwell over the last, uh, certainly the last couple of weeks, I guess the last couple of months as, you know, baseball was dragging their feet and I was trying to get them back by July 4th. I kept saying, you know, uh, uh, baseball has uh, looked at one too many and they are called out for excessive window shopping. I, I kept saying that, like okay. trying to get them back there on the field. One of my favorite uh, Harwell calls, they finally are, they they missed their window to be back uh, on July 4th, but we'll get to a little bit of that uh, in a couple minutes. You know, speaking of some of the, you know, I, I mentioned Gimme and, and, and Trammell over the years. I've, I've seen some of the releases you've had. I mean, you guys you know, are just a stone's throw away uh, from Comerica and everything else. You've had a few Tigers pop in for, for camp or instruction over the years, haven't you? For sure. And um, specifically uh, in the wintertime, typically in December, uh, it's been 10 years now, a decade, we posted the Alan Trammell and Lance Parrish camp at Wayne State, and uh, it's it's really been a highlight uh, of the yearly baseball experience uh, with us uh, being able to work not only with Lance Parrish, one of the greatest catchers of that 1980s era, and then Tram. So, and being a part of Tram from pre Hall of Fame to post Hall of Fame with them, and it's we've had probably over 2,000 youngsters come to Detroit um, from near and far to be a part of that camp and in, in December and on baseball playing month to do a little off season camp work and for them to learn about those individuals, the world series champs in the city. And then obviously the iconic figures that they are, and then learn about the, you know, baseball and being a student athlete engaged with the college baseball players at the same time. It's really been a really nice piece uh, for baseball education. Yeah, you mentioned iconic, you know, just mentioning Lance Parrish's name. You know, it takes me back, uh, if you're old enough, you know, the 84 Tigers, and then when you win it, you just become canonized. And I just I just picture Lance sitting back there with that fluorescent mitt, you know, and so he would sit back there, and then, you know, he seemed like, and he was, I mean, he, he looked like somebody, not every baseball player in the, in the early 80s was into weightlifting, but Lance was, man. He was as big as the Hulk. And you always felt like if there was, uh, you, you know, any any kind of uh, uh, the horse, anything going on, anybody, you know, throwing at any tiger batters or anything else, uh, or and if there was any retaliation, you know, Lance was going to be able to track them down. And, you know, you just felt real safe with Lance back there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Lance shares those stories uh, in the camp environment, uh, talking about physical fitness and strength and conditioning and flexibility and uh he shares how he would have a few battles with Sparky in that regard, uh, in terms of his, his strength and conditioning. But you're right. Uh, he was, he was a, he was a perennial all-star and he backed it up, uh, defensively and offensively. And, and I, I think it's, uh, you know, pretty impactful when you talk about the world series piece, like those guys were all great competitors and great teammates and getting to know them over the years, you can see that bond, how, how, powerful a championship team can be and it's not just winning it on the field it's off the field and those relationships and uh, those obviously a special time and a historic part of Detroit yeah he still looks like he could uh, get out of a crouch and, and chase somebody down before they they made it to the mound and he still looks yeah. like he's in pretty good shape he's How- in great shape still active with the you know, he's still involved with the Tigers and as his trammel and 
um, that, you know, we had a chance to see them down in spring training before we broke due to COVID and, um, you know, they're in uniform and just as great as ever, ever helping uh, the future Tigers, whether they're, you know, the prospects in the minor leagues or working with the big league guys. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to, to getting down to Harwell field and, and, and seeing the museum and, and hopefully all of that, maybe this upcoming season, I've got my fingers crossed for that. You know, you played at, at Michigan and you won a, a Big Ten title. And, you know, this past year they had such a great run making it all the way to the, the, the World Series finale. I, I know you were watching that. That had to be pretty cool for, you know, for you. It was great for the state. It was great for college baseball, man, to see the maize and blue in there. That was. I mean, that, that was a pinnacle story, of, of one of the pinnacle stories of the NCAA, in my opinion, from uh, that year. And I did have the fortune to, get together with some of my great teammates uh, and uh, I traveled out to Omaha. I only, I made, I went to game one of the world series, um, the very first game, not the finals against Vanderbilt, but I got a chance to go out there for about a, a 40 hour trip before I had to come back and do some continued recruiting here in Michigan. But it was a great ride and it was fun to see so many alumni from different eras come together uh, behind the scenes and support the maize and blue. Uh, but yeah, coach Backich and the staff, um, the team, uh, it was a, a great story for, for college baseball, college athletics. And uh, I know they're going to continue to do great things. Uh, but, yeah, what a historical and memorable time. Yeah, you mentioned your teammates. And then, you know, I just think about uh, baseball this year, and I wasn't sure if they were going to come to an agreement. Heck, we don't know if they're going to play. But the way that it was going back and forth between the players and the and the owners and everything else, uh, it, it just uh, it, it reminded me. Of of back to of 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 ninety four and the strike was such a big deal for me. And I was just getting into radio and uh, I, I was so scarred because they you know they didn't play for the World Series, but I was able to redirect my my love for the game into college baseball from around you know mid nineties to you know really oh five ninety four to oh five college baseball and and you know you mentioned you know your teammates and that's when you were playing back then uh, you you can you can find it. You know, for me, I you know, I grew up in Detroit, so Major League Baseball was, you know, that was it for me. But, I, you know, I just saw the news yesterday with there's there's not going to be any minor leagues. And, you know, you just think of people that, you know, that don't grow up around like Southeast Michigan or around a Major League team. If you're out West Michigan or, you know, Mid-Michigan or, you know, down by Erie or anywhere else, there, there's so many of, uh, you know, people across the country that, you know, that's going to be a – I know that you mentioned it before. Everybody's being, you know, hit in different ways and everything else. But that's kind of a blow. That's a blow when, you know, you just think about the game and that there's not going to be, you know, minor leagues for all these different places across uh, across the country. Yeah, um, I, I think about this daily. You know, I've I've got I got two daughters. I've got a young daughters. They're seven and four. And uh, but I think about the kids. Like there, there's a lot of missed little league experience or just going to a ball game. Uh, and experiencing that, uh, you know, there's great value in that and there's enjoyment and fun. And, uh, you build, you know, we talked about Lance Parrish and Trammell, like, like some of the youngsters aren't going to be able to watch players like that right now. And, uh, so it is a tough time and, um, hopefully we can build strength from, from this. Uh, I have seen, you know, and talked to coaches around the country where, you know, there's, we got to find strength from adversity and build build upon it and move forward and learn from it. 
And uh, it, it is a challenging time. But you're right. The, the game of baseball is a medium for a lot of different uh, scenarios rather than just playing a, having a game to catch uh, or playing. It's, it's a, a way of, you know, getting out and doing some things and learning. Well, one thing about kids, we know they're really resilient, you know. They might have their heads down, but, you know, they'll find a way. And, you know, you get really good leaders to, you know, point them in the right direction. They're resilient. They'll bounce back. And I, I was thinking of, of college baseball, which, you know, they're uh, the – the coach at, at Wayne state. And I was just talking about Michigan and, you know, my, uh, my enjoyment, my love really of, of college baseball, you know, back there in the nineties. And, and uh, there were, there were a couple guys I, I followed their career. One was, you know, and you don't know this. I mean, you, you, you can see a great player and, you know, they, they never make it in the pros. And then, you know, some of the other ones that you're like, hey, he's pretty good. Like uh, there was a guy, I'm sure you remember the name JJ Putts, who was, was able to go on and uh, you know, he was in the majors and, and able to follow his career, that was really good. But, you know, my, my favorite guy when uh, I was watching Michigan baseball over the years, uh, he played third base, and he, he was so good at third. I don't think he ever committed an error. Uh, he went on. He ends up having a, a, a really cool uh, baseball career, played 14 years uh, in the minors. And, you know, the one time he gets called up is uh, the Phillies call him up, and he plays in, uh, I don't know, 10 games. He gets – I don't know, 13 at-bats, but he ends up getting a ring. guy named Mike Cervenak. What a, what a story, man. A little little Bull Durham in there. Cervenak, yeah, yeah, Mike Cervenak. Uh, unbelievable player, teammate, hard worker. Um, you know, there's uh, so much pressure and, and um, I guess, avenues through social media and, and uh, maybe even some peer pressure from the recruiting process nowadays to whatever sport, if you're trying to get to the college level, and uh, people are committing in various sports, front, like their freshman year of high school. And Mike Cervenek uh, was at Dearborn Divine Child High School. I don't believe he had an opportunity uh, really to go to the next to the college level until late in his senior summer. So almost almost uh, a month out, he got an opportunity to go to Michigan. Bill Freehand and the staff at that time uh, saw something in him, and he came to Michigan. He redshirted that first year. And then through all the hard work, he became the all-time Hitler at University of Michigan, uh, you know, with people like George Sisler, Barry Larkin, Chris Sabo. Uh, he ended up, uh, I think he had a home run to break the record. It was Ken Hayward had the record, I believe, and uh, he, broke, he broke it on a home run. I can remember meeting him at, at the whole team was at home plate. It was an awesome time. And uh, you mentioned he went on to uh, play multiple years in the professional ranks and he yeah, got a World Series ring. And uh, what a great story. I can tell you this, uh, uh, playing at, when he was playing at third base, as you mentioned him being a great defensive player, he always had blood on his pants, his baseball pants. And, uh, and, and I remember people asking, him, why is he bleeding? He, had, he hasn't lived yet. Uh, there were no diving plays yet. And uh, he was the all-time hit leader. But there was a reason. I mean, the guy hit like crazy. Always had a bat in his hand. Those hands were constantly bloody. So his, his hands would get on his pants and he'd have blood on his pants. But it was just, you know, if you want to attain something, you got to work really hard for it. And he's one of the hardest workers we've ever had been around, uh, at least from my peers. You know, I was looking through some of his numbers and he played it uh, for a couple different organizations. But the one time, I think it was uh, with the the Yankees organization, I was looking at um, I was looking at some of his numbers. It's kind of a surprise. Like, uh, I, he must have been blocked, but it was, well, I'm sure Jeter and uh, – Maybe A Rod were, were blocking him, so he just didn't have a, 
have a shot there. But man, he he looked like he had some uh, some impressive numbers there in the minors. Where maybe with another organization, he would have been uh, you know called up and, and could have played a couple of years. For sure, um, I think there was a point where he was you know he made a lot of all star teams in the minor leagues and uh, had some really a, a, an impressive awards through the minor league community. I can remember uh, getting updates from the great uh, Jim Schneider. Schneids uh, would have, uh, I think he used to visit, Schneid used to visit some of his family on the East Coast, maybe in Connecticut, and, and Cervenac was playing uh, in minor league ball over there. And, and uh, Schneid would send these clippings from the paper, papers that, to me and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was pretty, it was just a good story. I mean, it's uh, a lot of Bull Durham in there with Mike Cervenac uh, in those minor league days. Uh, and then obviously getting to the pinnacle and putting out a big league uniform and he went in the world. He was in the World Series parade uh, with Philadelphia. I mean, that, that's just it's really cool. It is a good story, and you know, I was driving. Uh, I went to Florida three. I guess you know, two, three, three weeks ago. I was picking up my mom, and kind of got stranded down there with the pandemic. So I was driving back. So a lot of time to, to listen to the radio, and you know, I think through Georgia, I'm listening to uh, Mike Francesa. And it was a Sunday three, four-hour show, and I'm listening to him. And at one point, you know, he's a big Yankee fan. He, he mentions that he went back and, and watched the baseball movie 61. And he was uh, talking about how much he liked it. And, you know, yeah, he, he likes the Yankees. And he was, But he really remarked how much the actors looked like Maris and Mantle. And, you know, those guys are before my time. I've seen pictures of them, some video there. And, and that always struck me as well. But... You know, I, I go back to when you were in college or, or right after there, you and, you know, you mentioned a couple of those teammates that you saw. You guys were able to be some extras and, and actually ended up, you know, showing up in that movie. Cause, uh, you know, some of it was, was filmed at Tiger Stadium. Yeah. Uh, HBO movie 61. I think it you know, early 2000s, maybe it came out 2001. And uh, we did have the opportunity to be some extras. Um, the way it worked out in that time, Billy Crystal was the director and the production company uh, had called the local colleges that had baseball teams uh, looking for extras to come to a tryout. And uh, Billy Crystal was going to go through and try to pick out some extras that he wanted to have in the movie. And uh, that it was supposed to be, I think, private information. And then it went public. And then uh, they, Billy Crystal and the production team hosted the tryout for ex- baseball extras at Wayne State, at the baseball field at Wayne State. Nice. And uh, I had gone down there with some of my teammates, uh, and it went public, so uh, a lot of people showed up. And uh, it was like, well, over 1,000 extra. And, uh, but I can remember Billy Crystal pulling up, and uh, he got out of the car. He had some baseball cleats on, some shorts, and a Yankees road jersey. Uh, and he and he went. They went did a little workout, and they went through every player that showed up. Um, and uh, I happened to be there with some of my teammates, and we got selected. But the one notable uh, person was Luke Bonner, who was our teammate at Michigan. And uh, he uh, he played a little pro ball, uh, so he gave Billy Crystal his minor league card. He was a pitcher, and uh, Luke got the role of Frank Larry in that movie, uh, the Yankee Killer, as they, as they called him. And uh, it was a uh, it, uh, it was a fun, but yeah, it was at the old, they, they filmed a lot of the baseball scenes at the old Tiger Stadium, if you recall the movie and seeing the movie, and uh, they kind of 
made some of the facade look like uh, the old Yankee Stadium uh, at Michigan and Trumbull there. And it was a great experience. It was a lot of fun. And seeing that, I thought Billy Crystal was great. Um, his, his baseball sense when he was out on the field and directing it, it was, it was really cool. And I thought it turned out to be a pretty good movie and talked a lot about good baseball history during that 1961 season. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I somehow was able to uh, – I didn't sneak in. They let me go there. I saw a screening at, the, I think it was the Taylor Country Club, and, you know, cheers were going up. You know, the Bonner was on the mound. Uh, he was there at the, the screening, man. Everybody – like, it was a standing O when he when the, when the Yankee killer was on the mound. It was awesome. It was. <laughs> It was fun. Yeah, and then you know, if you if you looked out and you you could see you running out in the outfield, from what I, I remember, do you get like one of those uh, IM what do they call them IMBD pages from you know <laughs> being in the movies? You got one of those? I don't, but I played center field, and I'm just uh, I think when Maris hits the the record breaker home run there, uh, he's rounding second, and you can see me just in center field watching him run around the bases. Uh, yeah, you did a great but, uh, job. Yeah, well, I mean, you could have if it wasn't baseball. You know, I I thought maybe you got the acting bug there, and you to, you know, just went on. But you know, but you played. I was looking at your bio, and did, did you play in Alaska? Yeah, um, that was uh, the old. Uh, that was a summer collegiate league. It still is in effect today. Um, back when those that era, uh, there was two primary collegiate leagues for college players to play summer baseball: the Cape Cod League on the East Coast and the Alaska Collegiate League was pretty prominent at that time. And uh, I had a chance to go up there and play it. Actually, Mike Servanek was a teammate of mine on that Alaskan team. Mm. Uh, so we had a, a good experience up there uh, playing uh, in Fairbanks and uh, Anchorage uh, and, and some small towns. Uh, unbelievable experience. Uh, some great baseball competition. And uh, it was a fun time there. Did you fish and, and hunt and stuff up in Alaska? What was that like? You know, with we didn't have that much time because we were playing baseball every day. So we didn't get to experience a lot of that, but the, 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 the community was awesome. Um, and you know, we would be able to go to special events, uh, as, as players on the, the teams and be able to just taste some of the food, the salmon and the wild game. It, it was it's really good at that time, but it was, a, um, just taking a bus ride from, town to town to play baseball and you'd see like eagles flying next to the bus and you'd see moose out there and the, the mountains and the terrain it was it was gorgeous it was, it was something that was pretty remarkable yeah baseball is an everyday game you know you don't get that much time and you know uh Cervenac, i was reading a, a story about him they just did one a a month ago at, at one of his stops there and and one of his quotes jumped out to me because i i hear a lot talking about uh, the modern game and his quote was something like, uh, yeah, the games strike out walk or home run every time you're missing some of that nuance. And I, I wondered if it, it's like that at all the levels. I mean, you see that, is that, is that where the game's at? Like right now it could change, but it seems like it's been like, it's certainly like that in, in, uh, in MLB right now, that's you're, you're looking for the launch angle and you're looking for a Homer or you're, or you're going back to, or you're going back to sit down, you know, there's such a, you know, uh, a, a mm-hmm. premium I'm getting on base. I mean, you, you agree with that strikeout walk or home run? I think, uh, the more information you can get to be a good player in whatever sport, I mean, it's going to help you. Uh, but there's definitely some, some fundamentals you got to keep, you got to abide by just the playing the game the right way, playing hard, um, putting your full effort in baseball, you know, 
compared to a lot of other sports, it's just that game of failure. You, you got to, there's so much mental practice you got to have on top of physical practice. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the, the new data analytics that are in play, um, all that information is helpful. I mean, the more information you can have to make your job or your performance better, it's a good resource for you. But um, that's one thing I like about our Alan Trammell and Lance Parrish camps is those guys uh, stress the importance of still playing the game the way it's been over a century. Uh, some of the fundamentals of it, you, you can't lose track of that. Um, and, you know, these camps that are coming up for these, these big league teams, you know, they're going to be doing a lot of that. They, they've missed out on a lot of um, competitive experience uh, beyond just hitting off of a tee or in a batting cage privately. They, they got to get those timing and fundamentals back. Uh, but I, to an extent, yes, I agree to answer your question, uh, but you got to be able to balance everything out and use the information, process that, and keep moving forward. What about pitching? Over the last couple of years, I was just uh, I was listening to a podcast this summer about a guy that started out as a high school coach, and then he made it all the way like he's a pitching specialist. Um, people go out to him. He helped He helped the Tigers Matt Boyd out. I think he was – he had him like throwing heavy balls and whatever mm-hmm. it did, it, it, it got his spin rate. I, I, it's one of those things. Spin rates weird to me because uh, when I read about it, it seems like, like you were, were blessed with it and like you can't work on it, but like maybe mm-hmm. Boyd by throwing these like, like heavy balls was able to, I don't know, harness it or something like, what do you know about spin rate? I mean, you, you guys able to get your guys and, and, and look at with the, with those different cameras to see, you know, what, what's happening with your guys stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we, we evaluate and have some of those modules where you can, you can do spin rate. Um, so, you know, the thing I, I, I believe in is obviously in everything uh, beyond baseball, like science and technology continues to improve uh, at a high rate. And uh, that part of that stuff's important uh, from a baseball perspective. It can, you know, it, you back when you and I were talking about the days of like the 1980s, uh, maybe we had a, uh, a radar gun and you could start getting just velocity readings. So you could use that as a gauge, like, okay, here's my velocity. How can I continue to increase off of it? Where am I consistent at with my velocity? And then, uh, just moving forward with the science and technology, the, just the spin rate, you know, how, how much physics is in play with that, that baseball and moves, leaves your hand and so forth like those are things that you can continue to just acquire data as a player and, and develop um it is it is uh, unique i, I think uh, i'm not an expert on it a lot of coaches are not experts on it but it's just another tool that we can continue to utilize to move forward with um but you're you're right where there's pitching coaches that are getting hired and specializing in these fields technology wise uh and it's definitely helpful for you know the the professional teams uh, acquire information and make decisions. Yeah. My longtime radio partner, Pat Caputo last year started talking about this pitch tunnel and people are like, what are you talking about? And he, he would explain like, uh, well, you know, if you could make it, I don't know, uh, halfway through its, uh, you know, its trip to home where the, the batter doesn't know, you know, what's happening with it. And then I guess you're getting late movement there, whatever it is, uh, the pitch tunnel, he talked about it a lot. But a lot of people are like, come on, I don't know, like, you know, uh, pitch tunnel talk, you know. He, but it's like one of those, it's, you know, one of the, another one of those things that people are looking yeah. at and it might help them. Sure. And uh, it's, again, it's competition. It's, it's winning. It's um, overcoming failures. 
that's uh, it's, it's how the game is. And how are you going to put yourself in position to win in that moment? And that moment might be that pitch, that pitch going through that pitch tunnel that's going to ultimately help you win the game uh, or do your job in that position. Uh, there's a lot. And, um, you know, we talked about the days of Ernie Harwell earlier. <laughs> Just from – I'm – Interesting to see, like, when I'm much older, like, how is the game going to continue to progress and the information and data, how is it going to all collaborate? Um, it's just a, a continued work in progress for the game of baseball. Well, finally, you know, I, I would think that Ernie would say something like, you know, baseball usually uh, rewards the tortoise, but this year it's going to reward the hare. And uh, I just wonder how you look at a 60-game season so involved in in baseball where you're usually thinking 162 and now bam, what's it going to be like? Yeah. Uh, I think, it's, um, you know, this is one reason I really like the college baseball game. Uh, Cause when you're in a competitive environment, um, we've talked about Wayne state and Michigan a little bit. Uh, you know, we're playing, um, you know, an average 50 to 60 game schedule uh, in the college environment. And so every game is, very, if you want to reach a high level and you have high goals to, to succeed, every game is pretty imperative. And um, we don't have the ability to say, well, we have 162 games to play in college. We, we, you know, it's, it's, it's about winning that moment, that pitch, that at bat, that inning, uh, you know, the first half of the game, the second half of the game. There's so much competition in there. And you talked about, you know, the 94 year and finding that, you know, that medium through baseball in the college level. I kind of look forward to that with this uh, scenario with uh, the big leagues. And I, I can see uh, you know, it's going to be probably bring out some real competition. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we, I, I think we need it. Um, it's going to be fun to at least be able to watch and listen to some games. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about the in-person thing yet, uh, but I think it's going to be a fun ride. And hopefully it all works out and everyone's safe. And, and it brings uh, a little bit of a more peace to what we're going through right now and, and uh, looking forward to the, the scenario to watch it. Yeah, I echo all that. And hopefully the Tigers, I saw their win total from yesterday. It was put out there. Only the Orioles had a lower win total of 20 and a half. You know, they had the Tigers at 22. Uh, I don't want to see 22 and 38. I'm, you know, I'm hoping for over 25. So I'm, I'm going with the over on the Tigers. So <laughs> just so you know. I've, I've, always, I've always been a Tigers fan, as you know, so I'm, I'm pulling for him. Yeah, you know why not? Like in a in a in a sprint there. Let's you know the the Royals numbers twenty five. The Tigers could. I just want to see them get out of the basement. I don't know if they can uh, get up there with the you know the Tribe or the Twins, who hit a home run every other at bat. But uh, you know, track down the track down the Royals one at a time here. Well, let's do it. All right, that sounds good. Well. You know, I'd, I'd say, you know, hey, what do you, you think baseball's going to happen? You think you're going to play? Uh, you'll know more tomorrow than you do today and next week and all that. Like, we just, uh, whether you keep your fingers crossed that, you know, it'd be nice if this we just started getting great news and this thing just started dying out and we felt like, wow, man. We're, but uh, it doesn't seem like that right now. But, you know, July 1st, I guess, was the, the midway point of of 2020 so we're, we're hoping to have a strong second half and 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 have this clear up and and if, if not man we're just gonna still hang in there like i said young kids are resilient and they'll be uh they'll be led by coaches like you and uh we'll uh we'll find out you know as we get uh we get closer to the fall but hey appreciate all, all your time i know you're busy you're probably gonna be 
What are you doing, man, uh, the rest of the day? Jumping on the horn, talking to kids, couple Zooms, that kind of stuff? <laughs> yep, that's, uh, that's been the daily scenario for most. Uh, it's just uh, uh, it's been a lot busier than I anticipated, uh, but that's okay. Um, I like being busy. Uh, I like working. And uh, But, yeah, we got some phone calls. We got some text messages, emails. got some reports. It's all coming. And uh, I, I appreciate the being with you, Dennis. It's always great to connect with you, and uh, I respect everything you do for the, the sports community in our region. And uh, it's, it's powerful and important for us to have you. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Keep up the good work, Ryan, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see you soon. All right, Dennis. Take care. Thanks a lot. There he is, uh, Ryan Kelly, the head coach. I want to call him the manager. The manager at Wayne State University, the skipper the head coach there's one thing i'd change about college baseball there would be two things wood bats i'd like to see that and then instead of calling them the head coaches call them the skipper or call them the manager skipper call them the manager manager ryan kelly i can call him that thanks for listening make sure you catch my july 4th and call it an extravaganza I'm going to come on and talk about sports on July 4th. Bring a couple callers in, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, let's call it an extravaganza. Listen for my extravaganza on July 4th. Till then, have a great day. See you.